0: Hello and welcome to What, what the Zen. Zen, our space to delve deeper into what health really means. We explore the rituals and practices
1: available in an ever evolving industry and what these can do for us. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to What The Zen. I'm Rachel. And I'm Ivana. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three. Yeah, can't believe we're in episode three. Yeah, I know, what a landmark milestone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in again. We really appreciate it. Any feedback at all for us is greatly appreciated. And if you want to be in our show, please reach out. We have some cool interviews lined up but again please please feel free to uh tune in
1: yeah and you can you can drop us a dm if you are interested in being on the podcast you can find us on instagram at what.thezen um so yeah make sure to to watch out for the new episodes coming every thursday so what are we going to be talking about on this week's podcast, Rachel?
0: We are going to be talking about meditation, meditation and mindfulness. We're going to be talking to Brit Furr from Mindfully Being Well and... Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So Britt is a
1: trained meditation teacher and a yoga teacher as well. Um, And Mindfully Being Well offers online classes and workshops with the goal of accessible wellness practices that increase the mind and body awareness. And it's all about community connection as well
0: yeah and definitely just doing it from your from the comfort of your own home right now during COVID I think it's so important to make sure we have that community aspect and I think that's something a lot of us are lacking and that's definitely what Brett brings to the table. Ivana and I have attended her online meditations and they are so beautiful so please go and check those out you definitely won't regret it. Yeah and we had such a good conversation with
1: Brett as well she's Just such a lovely human being, just like a ray of light. So um, it was such a joy to have her on the podcast this week. Uh, She covered lots of really interesting and important topics, all about meditation and what kind of brought her to that practice and and her goals for mindfully being well as well. So, yeah, we hope you really enjoy this episode as much as we did.
0: Yeah. And before we dive in, just uh, like always, Just a little disclaimer that we are not giving out any advice here. And if you do have any health, mental, or physical concerns, please reach out to your healthcare practitioner.
1: Cool. So let's jump in. So, Britt, you're very welcome to What The Zen. We're so happy to have you here. Um, We thought that we'd just uh, get started with asking you a little bit about um, what was it that first drew you into meditation and, and why you became interested in it?
2: Wow. Well, firstly, I just want to say thank you to both of you for having me on your podcast. This is amazing. And um, yeah, I get to talk about something that I love, so it makes it easy and to spend it with you lovely ladies is just so great. Um, I guess I was, I was thinking back to like what meditation like first kind of came up as in my life. And um, I think it goes back to, like, when I was younger, I played sports, and I was also in like, dance and did some performance. So for me, what a meditative state first kind of like came through as was just moments of flow, moments where you're completely immersed in the moment, without having kind of like the narration going on, right? Like, those moments where it's just pure joy or, um, just pure presence really. Um, and so as I kind of grew up, um, of course the mental chatter, I think increases as we age, right? Teenage years, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, what everybody else thinks. Um, and so for me, when I kind of found those moments once again of presence was through a practice of yoga, the physical asana practice. Um, and that, kind of led to uh, getting into a little bit more meditation practice as well as a separate practice from the physical asana practice. Um, and yeah, that's kind of kind of where I started to really find benefit in a personal practice, specifically of meditation.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And even to draw further into that brick, What exactly is meditation? Like, is it different for everybody? Is there different kinds? Or how would you define what meditation is?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, I think it's different for everybody. Like I hear a lot of people who say like, oh, I can never meditate, but they really love to hike or they really love to play a sport. Um, So for some people, it is like a classical kind of like Zen practice where you're sitting upright and, um, you know, stilling the mind that way. But I, I don't I don't think in our modern worlds it's it's going to be that typical practice for everybody so you have people like John Kabat-Zinn for example who says that meditation is just awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally and then someone like Eckhart Tolle for example who says one conscious breath in and one conscious breath out that is meditation so I really don't think it should be necessarily put in a box um and it, I think there's opportunity for people to explore what meditation means to them how it yeah. fits into their life yeah
1: yeah I think that's really interesting because I think like for a lot of people who maybe don't know that much about meditation they might have like a few different misconceptions about what it is or them it might just the word itself might conjure up just images of you know people like being you know Mm-hmm. totally chill like really zen like constantly or like maybe like even towards yeah. like a hippie kind of a lifestyle um and it's funny that you mentioned John Kabat-Zinn because I'm actually reading um one of his books at the moment um meditation is not what you think and um <laughs> one thing that he <laughs> that he says is uh m- like to put it plainly meditation is not relaxation spelled differently um mm-hmm. And I think that really ties into his belief that meditation is actually not so much that state of kind of deep, uh, profound relaxation, but more this kind of hyper awareness. Um, and I think, you know, I have a, a personal interest in meditation um, uh, myself, and I'm, I'm kind of just learning and, and trying to kind of gain a little bit more knowledge on on all the different theories that are that are um, around about meditation but um yeah I just wanted to kind of get your your kind of perspective on that as well because he says a lot about you know it's about actually being in the moment and acknowledging all this other stuff that might be going on in your head so yes um, feelings of relaxation might come after or you might experience that but It's also sitting with all those other feelings that are going on. Like maybe it's a bit chaotic inside your mind. Maybe there's feelings of trauma or anxiety. Um, And I just wanted to kind of get a sense from you. Have you found that it's been difficult or how easy have you found it to kind of persist with your practice when the mind is always kind of going 100 miles an hour with so many different thoughts? Has that been difficult?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many juicy questions I think in, in what you've just kind of shared. I like, know <laughs> it was so just many. a bit
1: of word vomit in this book.
2: <laughs> no, no, I love it because yeah, there are so many different thoughts about meditation, and um, I think I think firstly I just want to acknowledge like where meditation practice comes from, like the thousands and thousands of years ago, and and. Um, you know, still honor that practices like Zen meditation, um, are, are the tradition. That's where we've kind of, uh, gained a lot of this wisdom from. So I think first, I just want to pause and say like, I'm not just, I'm not discrediting that at all because I think we've learned so much and, and I think it's important to honor that, that knowledge. Um, but at the same time where John kabat kind of comes in is like, we kind of have created this misconception where meditation is sitting still and clearing the mind, right? We somehow think that, oh no, like that's, that's meditation. You're sitting very still, you're breathing and you're not having any thoughts.
1: Yeah. And if you do have any thoughts, you're doing it wrong.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh no. And actually like we're human beings on average, we have 30,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Um, The main question and what meditation does is it makes us aware of those thoughts. So instead of like living in this tornado of thinking mind, thinking mind, not realizing that we're reacting to these thoughts that we're not aware of, meditation is, I've heard it as like the metaphor of coming to the center of the tornado. So you can see the thoughts, you can see without judgment. And that's, I think that's part of the biggest parts of the practice is like, how do we actually attend to, you know, when we're mad, when we're angry, when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're feeling depressed, you know, when we're sad? How do we greet each of those experiences with without judgment, without trying to push them away, without like, you know, finding coping mechanisms to stuff them down? Um, So that that to me really is the practice is is becoming aware of what actually is here now and attending to that with with open tender arms.
0: Yeah, I think that definitely really thinking of meditation in that way, I think it makes it less intimidating for people who might see the pictures out there, like Ivana was saying, of people sitting still and breathing and they're so zen and you lose all thoughts. You know, there's a lot of people who live in chaos or stressful, busy lives where I could never have time for that or that's not me it's intimidating or it's for a certain type of person totally Um, and I think for that meditation is lost in a lot of people because they don't feel like it's almost like it's not for them it's not meant for them but But really
1: yeah it's more just like a like a misunderstanding of what it actually is because I guess what it is is pretty not that simple to do sometimes but it's pretty simple really yeah, I think actually John Kabat-Zinn some, says
2: something similar. It's like it's it's easy or no, it's simple, but it's not easy.
1: Yeah, because
2: it is really hard. And I think you asked me like, what are some of the challenges maybe that I experience? Or, um, and certainly like there's lots of times where I experience resistance to wanting to sit sit with my thoughts because I'm you know I'm angry about something or I'm sad about something. And why would I want to sit with that? Um, but that's that's actually where you personally you know that's been the biggest growth and opportunity for me is to to be with myself in those moments instead of you know pressing suppressing and
0: pushing it away mm-hmm. and on that note with meditation like like can you tell us a little bit about why we should do it what are the benefits what are the effects of meditation for anyone listening who's never done it before like you know like why should we do it <laughs> Yeah,
2: totally. Um, Well, there's kind of like the objective reasons why. And fortunately, like neurobiology has done a lot to actually uncover, you know, the mechanisms of our brain and our thought patterns and how neurotransmitters like create our thoughts and our experiences. So maybe I could start with, those objective kind of, um, pieces, um, coming back to a little bit of the science. And there's been studies that show by meditating daily, um, on average, 27 minutes a day, for example, um, that the cortical thickness of the brain increases and what that could mean or translate into is that, you know, Hebb, Donald Hebb was a a doctor who first said that, uh, neurons that fire together, wire together. So in meditation, we're increasing the cortical thickness, we're actually maybe reprogramming or creating more cognitive capacity um, for what we sometimes refer to as like executive functioning. So before responding to fight or flight or uh, aggression um, or emotion, the prefrontal cortex is actually able to um, help us to make rational decisions, you know, before we go off the handle. The prefrontal Mm -hmm. cortex is like, oh, what are the consequences of these actions? Um, So there's that. um, But there's also studies that look at emotional regulation and how just in simply training the body, the brain to breathe, take three conscious breaths, for example, before reacting to something allows us that space that we need before reacting. So we can actually respond And that kind of gets more into like the subjective effects and how you actually feel after you meditate. And, um, you know, you'll probably hear a lot of people and you you probably experience like a sense of calm and how when we sit and slow the body, when we slow the breath, we actually slowly begin to maybe slow the thoughts.
1: Yeah. And I think that's interesting just when you you mentioned the breath as well, because I think like we forget all the time that the breath is such an important tool that we all have and i think when you're in that moment and you're really anxious or you're really stressed about something you just totally tend to forget about the fact that you can regulate your breathing and 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 mm-hmm. get to a place of of calm and and a little bit more relaxed just by tapping into that um and i think meditation definitely helps you remember that but it's crazy that we ha- we all have it and we all yeah. forget to use it
0: yeah even with um just for me, it's like, you know, breathing, it's an autonomic function, it will happen by itself, but the diaphragm itself is a skeletal muscle, like, we have control over that. And being able to utilize that in a way that can help us is incredible. So like learning these tools like meditation, I think, are so important, because yeah, like we have control over that muscle. And I think it's important to use it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, Brett, you have um, your own um, meditation business called Mindfully Being Well. Um, I wanted to ask you about just different techniques in terms of meditation. Is it primarily mindfulness meditation that you that you teach and that you practice yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, so, Mindfully Being Well is um, kind of like a, a virtual pop up meditation and wellness studio. Um, So one of the pillars is absolutely meditation. Um, And then I also offer some physical practices like chair yoga and some hatha yoga as well. Um, As far as the actual meditation portion, um, yeah, we do dabble primarily in mindfulness meditation. Um, We do spend a lot of time um, with body scans as well. Um, Just kind of speaking back to the nervous system, as you mentioned, Rachel, like, um, Reacquainting ourselves with all of the interconnected parts of our body and with the breath um, is, is really powerful, and I think is a really great way um, to help people offload a lot of the tension of like micro stresses of our modern day lives that we're holding like what's for dinner ah there's traffic like I don't know how I'm gonna get this project for work done and we just like accumulate all of these experiences and so I really feel like the body scan is a really powerful way to progressively allow the body and the nervous system to just let go um and then the other part of the practice, um, sometimes we will draw in some like compassion practice and um, some metta as well, some loving kindness. Um, is another pillar of, of mindfully being well is really community, right? And how, how can we actually live more consciously, more kindly, um, not only being kind to ourselves, but also being kind to others? Yeah? Um, for myself personally, um, I I kind of, I I like to experiment a little bit. Um, I I do primarily like right now, for example, I'm doing a training with uh, Tara Brock and uh, Jack Kornfield, and it's focused on the power of awareness. Um, And that's very much based in mindfulness and compassion. Like they they say that there's two wings. One of them is mindfulness,
0: mindful awareness, and the other is the wing of love, the wing of compassion. Nice. And You spoke, I remember speaking to you um, just at the weekend and you mentioned how mindfully being well, you pre-COVID did a lot of work in corporate offices and working with people. Like you said, those micro stressors in our lives, like getting the project done, being in traffic, catching the bus on time, all those things. Do you have any advice for people who are now maybe working from home who still have those stressors, but maybe can't quite make it out to their normal studios or maybe they can start up a new practice as well to deal with all these new stresses that are being added to our lives on top of what was already there.
2: Yeah, wow. That's that's a really big question because I think a lot of people now are having like even a harder time with work life balance when like, for example, my partner's desk is the kitchen table.
1: Oh, <laughs> so, I hear you.
2: <laughs> like the rest of the house is a radius around the kitchen table.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. You know,
2: um, so that's a really good question. I think there's a lot of tools for sure. Um, like, I think we can leverage technology in a way to like set alarms on our phones, for example, at certain points in the day, just to like take a breath, just just one breath. Um, and one of my friends actually, who's also a meditation teacher, um, Sophia DeMello, um, she said, uh, she shared a teaching, um, from one of her teachers that said, just set a ceiling and a floor. So have a goal. Maybe that's like one or two minutes of sitting, just sitting, breathing, um, or maybe your ceiling is 10 minutes, right? Right. So whatever you are setting a goal for yourself, just taking a few mindful breaths, maybe mindful walking, whatever that might look like for you, um, just making sure you get in your floor. And I I found that was really helpful and tangible advice. Um, Yeah, and and it makes it more accessible. Like it really could just be one minute. We can breathe six times in one minute. So yeah,
1: I know we need to remember that. Yeah, I think just what you're saying is, Yeah, it's definitely been, I think, just a collective adjustment for everybody who's had to kind of go from their old life, um, kind of pre-COVID to to this new life where a lot of people are finding that their work and their home spaces are interlinked and they maybe don't get that separation as much. So um, for some people, like personally, I've kind of found that it's allowed me that little bit more uh, time to kind of have a bit more balance, but I know sometimes when I have busier weeks or you know crazy days, it, it can be very hard to. Just step away from your laptop and actually leave your apartment, which is also the place that you try and relax and sleep and eat and everything else in. Um, so yeah, it's really good to remember um, those kind of helpful tips of just tapping into your breath and and even just making that time, even whether it's like during your your lunch hour or first thing in the morning, just to take that time to focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I wanted to um, ask you, Britt, is uh, you'd mentioned at the beginning just about how you had uh, played a lot of sport when you were younger. And that was kind of like your meditation as such at that time. It was the the things that you could kind of throw yourself into and and really kind of only focus on that. Um, In terms of your own practice, have you been... Practicing meditation for a long time, and how do you think it's impacted your life for the better?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, I also grew up in a rural town in in the interior of BC, surrounded by like a lot of nature. And I feel like nature just magically has this ability of bringing you to the sense of awe and wonder as you look around you, right? So that was definitely helpful, the sports. Um, I I was a dancer, um, so that was really helpful. Um, And I guess um, my formal meditation practice has probably been about two years um, of like regular daily practice. Um, And that started when I started my meditation teacher training, which I hope we'll have some opportunity to chat a little more about. But um, yeah, so I think that was really not only like an accountability, but um, it created a shift because I was setting the time, because I was um, spending time in the practice. Um, I began to create a little bit more space between some of the narratives that I've carried with me for a really long time And I think, um, Eckhart Tolle's book, the power of now is also really powerful for me in that it's like, is this real, is this narrative and this lens and how I'm seeing the world Mm -hmm. real. Yeah. Um, And through the meditation practice, it kind of gave me the opportunity to create that space to say, actually, no, no, it's not (laughs) like maybe it's time to let go of that. And so, um, subsequently from that, Point of my my journey and connection to meditation, I ended up like quitting two jobs. Um, I did my meditation teacher training, I did yoga teacher training, and I've now gone back to school and I'm trying to like reorient my life towards, um, you know, things that are really meaningful to me, and trying to really redefine what you know the rest of of my life looks like. Without, I mean, the narratives still come up, but. Mm-hmm. But, in in the process of like slowly trying to peel peel them away, um, to reveal what is here, what is here now?
0: I love, love that. I think that's amazing, yeah, yeah, just taking that leap, and I feel like I really um a lot, like acknowledge that too. I feel like my life didn't align with what I was practicing and what I was believing outside of jobs, et cetera. and so takes a lot of courage so I would say um to do that so like that's really incredible Brett that you know you stepped away from something that wasn't serving you and that you knew wasn't for you to kind of step into something that was more aligned with what you were doing and just on what you were saying about the narratives I yeah I've been doing just with this time off some, some like philosophy courses and I was reading some stuff today and it's so true like just different philosophers throughout time and it's been hard to read but um just how a lot of them have always said you know like you know it's just your perception and perception is different for everyone and to be is to be perceived perceived so it's totally how you perceive a situation is what it is. So you can see that it it takes a lot of work work to get to that point. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's amazing. But to go back to, you were talking about your meditation training, can you tell us a little bit about that and how it changed or altered your practice or how it maybe strengthened your, your practice of meditation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would just like to like pause and note that like, you know, oftentimes we can make sense of things when we look back at at them you know and be like oh yeah, yeah. this is totally why benefit know?
1: of hindsight
2: yeah totally so at the same time like things feel extremely messy like all the time and like I feel like I'm stumbling forward all the time and that that is my my human experience so thank you for saying you know it, it does take courage for sure and I'm trying yeah. to be really brave um, but at the same time with full humility and knowing that like no mm-hmm. I don't
1: Yeah. But it's it's brave to actually know that it is a a really scary step and just kind of and do it it anyway and just take that step. Because I think a lot of people are probably in a situation where a pretty similar situation where maybe they they feel like they don't have a choice sometimes and maybe can't step out of the role that they're in, even if they do feel like they want to pursue something else. So I do think it's a it's a super brave step. So very much very much applaud you for that
2: I think it's also like a sign of my privilege too that I was able to actually make those choices where you know maybe it wouldn't be so accessible for other people and I want to acknowledge that and um also just kind of the idea of intention um in that like for me for quite a long time probably until I was like 28 I was just kind of like Whatever was happening in front of me was the path that I was walking on instead of and so just kind of passive passively being like a bystander almost in in my experience. Um, And then it kind of came to me like, you know, even in this passive action, this is my decision. My decision is to just accept whatever is happening in front of me instead of being a more active agent in choosing you know, which direction I go or what path I take. And um, for me, that was a really p- powerful shift in, in mindset as well. Um, um, yeah, but sorry, um, in regards to the training. <laughs> sorry, All right, we,
1: we just totally sidetracked you.
2: <laughs> no, a little tangent there, sorry. Um, yeah, so um, I, I did my training uh, with the Lab of Meditation, um, and was fortunate to just kind of help out a little bit behind the scenes there for a little while as well. And for me, it was just a really amazing combination, um, for, um, you know, those that have met, uh, Heroku de Michele. she's like the most amazing human being you'll ever meet. And she combines like her knowledge of psychology and biofeedback and meditation and social justice and compiles it in a way, um, that really allows people to blossom, I guess, in their own practice. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a beautiful experience. And,
1: um, yeah. Cool. And um, just when you, when you say about um, social justice as well, I think maybe a lot of people don't really understand fully, uh, maybe myself included as well, the connection between um, mindfulness and meditation and ethics and justice. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Uh, well, I can, I can try again, stumbling forward. Um, I think I have still so much to learn in this area as well. Um, but um, what I've found kind of helpful is, first of all, like understanding where the meditation practices come from, Um, and part of, you know, um, learning the history of Buddhism, for example, is understanding that people were persecuted and continue to be for practicing this peaceful practice. Um, and, um, yeah, I think about, um, like Thich Nhat Hanh, for example, I, I love his books. The Miracle of Mindfulness is one of my favorites. And he really was a social justice advocate who came over from Vietnam in the 70s to, you know, speak and work with the United States to try to save his country as they were suffering through you know, poverty. And um, he has this idea of interbeing um, and through mindfulness, we understand how interwoven and how interconnected all of our lives are. Um, so like in the black lives matter movement, for example, no justice, no peace, no peace, no justice. Like there can't be peace for anybody so long as there isn't justice for, for everybody specifically for black lives and, um, black trans lives. And so, yeah, I think I, I need to learn so much about it. And so I, 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 before I say anything more, I think, I think I'll pause there, but, um, the idea of interbeing is is really powerful. Whether it's about the planet and how we treat the planet, or how it's about how people are treating treating each other, um, that to me is 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 kind of the pit of social justice, fighting for for all all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely a topic that even from a yoga perspective as well. That mm-hmm. there are a lot of courses I have my eye on because. I really want to learn more about it. And it's such a huge topic that I think it's important to be informed on. Um, And, yeah, I feel that similarly where I need to do a lot more learning before I could speak openly about it. Um, Yeah, I I think that
1: a lot of us – kind of do have a lot more work to do I think you know the one of really positive thing in the last couple of months is that there has been more of a spotlight on you know all the injustices whether that be racial injustice or just discrimination against trans people or anything like that there has been more of a focus on it recently um which is definitely really positive but um yeah I think it's so important just as you mentioned for for people to understand that you know meditation and and mindfulness it's it's not just about connecting with the self it's also about connecting with the world and and realizing how you treat others and and how you kind of contribute to community and and just the kind of the the acts that you are doing as well to to make this a better world to live in and yeah i think we definitely all have a lot to learn um when it comes when it comes to those things but uh even I think just the realization of that that there is work to do and that you're committed to doing that work is is really important as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah you'll have more work to do for sure
0: and Brett, you spoke a little bit about mindfully being well but can you tell us a little bit more about how it kind of came to be, how you decided to set that up, and I know you're doing a lot of studying right now as well when you're almost anyone you back to school well done for this section. um can you tell us a little bit about that and maybe where you can see um the kind of development of mindfully being well and your hopes for it as well? yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I think
2: like for me. I love how accessible meditation is and I love how accessible yoga practices are online. There's so many like amazing apps and like YouTube, obviously there's like a plethora of, of, yeah. of things you can access. Um, for myself personally, I live kind of like in North Burnaby and there aren't really any like physical yoga studios or meditation studios around me. And so I, I really wanted, I, I mean, I love the apps as I'm m- mentioning, but I, I was really missing the sense of community. I was missing the sense of having a teacher that I could go to week after week to engage with. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt like, you know, if I'm feeling this way, there seems to be like a lack of accessibility to this kind of experience and maybe other people are feeling the same way. So I thought, okay, well, what the heck? Like um, in Vancouver, especially, there's a lot of like pop-ups, So whether it's like a thrift shop or you know a food truck pop up or whatever the case might be, so I was like, huh, okay, well maybe I could do a virtual pop up meditation and wellness studio, so people could join in their pajamas, you know, they don't have to commute. Um, maybe they're busy parents for example and it's hard enough to try to steal away a bit of time for themselves so like how can I make this super super accessible Um, and I figured well okay like I could do like virtual conferencing and um, so yeah that's kind of how it started and then um, subsequently um, of course, COVID happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> the world so, flipped. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a, a switch was flipped. And yeah, so it's it's been interesting to navigate as like more and more studios. We're also exploring being online and now we're shifting back to in-person modalities. And I'm really just trying to consider the business as like, an opportunity to connect with people and it's a value for as long as it's a value for as long as it's serving a purpose and I'll just continue forward with whatever that might look like. Um, but the real true kind of like root and intention is like, if, if, if we're not connected with ourselves, if we only receive the messages in the world around us, there's like, marketing and capitalism, consumerism, like all of these facets that are telling us like what we need is outside of us and, you know, you're not good enough. And it's like, there's all these conditional statements of like, you'll be happy if you do this, you'll be happy if you achieve that. Um, And so in that way, I kind of wanted to create a place where I can invite people to courageously explore what it's like to disprove that, to begin to, like, scrape away those notions of external validation and really come back to um, the power of of just just seeing the power that's within. Um, and as far as, like, the long-term kind of objectives of, of, of mindfully being well, I mean, I would love to, uh, you know, invite more teachers to come through so that it, it is, uh, like, a more... Uh, that, so that there'd be more offerings. Um, so as I mentioned right now, there's meditation a few times a week. There's chair yoga and hatha yoga, but maybe, you know, like breath work or restorative, like there's so many other opportunities. And I would also love to, you know, be able to showcase amazing teachers uh, in and around the community. Um, so that I think definitely would be um, a goal Um, And also just to really, um, I think Rachel, you and I had talked about this a little bit, like to approach well-being in a more holistic fashion, that it's not just your physical body. It is also about your emotional body. It's about your mental health. It's about your nutrition. It's about how well you're sleeping. um, It's about how you show up at work and the conversations that you have with people. um, So it, it really is I guess an attempt to one day be a much more holistic approach to whatever wellness is however one wants to define yeah. what wellness is.
1: Oh, I think that's amazing. I think you've just said so many things there that I think are are so powerful. Um I definitely feel like in past months what people have missed is that sense of community with, you know, they're not getting to get to their regular yoga classes and things like that. So I definitely think, you know, we've all seen the the zoom workouts and the Instagram lives. It's kind of gone a bit crazy over the last few months in terms of how busy that's been, but it's shown that people still want that connection and, and that sense of community as well. So I think that, you know, um, you know, I've, I've been to a few, a few of your meditations as well, Brit, and I think that you just get that lovely sense of uh, togetherness as well. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people um throughout this time are, uh, you know, some people are definitely, oh, I can't wait to go back to normal. And I'm kind of of the opinion, like, I, I don't want to go back to the way it was. Like, I think we've all learned mm-hmm. so much in the last few months about ourselves and about what we need and we don't need as well. So I'm kind of hoping that you know, when things do get back to normal, that it will be with, you know, all the lessons that we've hopefully learned along the way as well. Yeah, thank you for saying that too. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and we're trying to ask everyone this question that comes on to the podcast, Brett. So what are your three kind of non-negotiable healthy habits that you have so any health whatever that means to you mm, okay um hmm I this took me a really long time to answer yeah. when I'm <laughs> yet so
1: I, I put there's, Rachel on there's... the spot so now I'm just putting everybody on the spot <laughs> I love it I love it um
2: I think I think there's a lot of things that are really important to me as far as like my physical and like you know, what I eat and, you know, those kinds of things. But I think what's much more important and impactful for me as far as three habits are concerned, are like, before I get out of bed and in the morning, um, noticing the sensation of being in my bed, like what the duvet feels like on top of me and what the pillow feels like. And just thinking maybe like one thing that I'm looking forward to, or one thing that I'm grateful for. And then, um, usually my cat is right outside our bedroom door like <laughs> waiting to be fed. Um, so another non-negotiable for me is like actually taking like a few minutes to like say good morning to her and like pet her and like, you know, say hello, say hello. Um, and then the third thing right now because of the season is um I've got a few plants on my patio like a big tomato plant that's out of control and so like taking the time to like water it um so I guess um they're a little bit more like uh routine things that I start my day with that I feel set me off in like
0: a really good way and making my bed making my bed's really important too
1: yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I think those morning routines, I totally agree that like if, if it was ever a morning where you, for whatever reason, didn't have time to do those, it kind of throws you off for the day, yeah. almost. Um, Yeah, we're such creatures of habit, but just having that time in the morning to not be rushed and To be present and like you said, just oh, like what does it feel like to be in my bed? Like to care and tend for things like your cat, your pants. I love that. I think that's so nice. Like just set yourself up.
1: Yeah. I'm all about the slow mornings. Like I love like I hate to have to just get up straight away and rush out the door and you know, have my breakfast really quickly. Like I'm I'm all about kind of taking the time and actually like easing myself into the day. So those habits, yeah, definitely good ones to have for sure.
2: have a a teacher who like talks about cold showers and like you get up and you have a cold shower and like and unfortunately it's just not quite where I'm at (laughs) yeah
1: maybe in the future (laughs) yeah yeah one day one day yeah (laughs) and what were yours Uh, oh what were ours I don't think I answered that oh no I think I did um mine was uh I like to I like to kind of do a bit of a workout or some form of kind of movement in the morning maybe it's the workout or maybe it's yoga and then I'm I'm such a big breakfast person I love to just take the time and make a really lovely elaborate breakfast for myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just like sit and actually yeah just before I even start work just sit and actually have you know 10-15 minutes to either meditate or just sit and and sit in my balcony or whatever and just take those those moments for myself I I really like to do that
2: that sounds amazing too
1: well
0: yeah I'm like what were mine I think it was I need to definitely get outside yeah get outside once a day even just for a walk especially in the past few months that's been a total non-negotiable for my mental health just to get outside for a walk rein or shine um And the other one was sleep. I need to make sure I get to bed by a certain time. I'm such a creature of habit in the mornings and the evenings. And you're such an early riser. Yeah, I get off very early. So if I don't get a 10 p.m. bedtime, it's It's not pretty. And the other one was oh, alone time. I need to make sure I have some form of alone time during the day even if it is just that time I'm on the walk but that's really important to me as well yeah yeah, yeah no it's cool
2: yeah it's so nice to hear from other people too because it's like oh yeah yeah getting outside is so
0: important like yeah and like yeah morning movement yeah uh, so good I know I think tomorrow morning I'll maybe stay in my bed a minute longer and take your tip and maybe just be like oh what's it yeah. like to be in my bed That'd I be love nice. that
1: because usually I wait to like a Saturday or a Sunday to be like yeah I'm gonna lie in for another like half an hour but yeah I, I think even just taking taking the time to notice like the feeling and the coziness I love that
0: <laughs> I know is, is there anything else Brett that you'd like to share with anyone today or our listeners <laughs> um
2: Well, um, I I guess, would it be okay to talk about an upcoming event?
0: Of Of course, course. yeah, love it.
2: Awesome, okay, Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, So um, I'm really excited on July 29th, um, which is a Wednesday, um, a friend and I um, (laughs) who um, hosts uh, the, the Rusted Revolution, um, we'll be putting on a hour-and-a-half experiential workshop to really deep dive into what it's like to feel rested and what it's like to be realigned. And it'll be kind of a mixture of um, uh, constructive rest. Um, there'll be a little bit of um, meditation, some journaling, and some somatic integration of, of just, just what it's like, just like we were talking about about the nervous system and how we don't realize how much we're carrying in our bodies. Yeah. This will be an opportunity just to kind of like decompress and kind of reset the baseline.
1: That sounds amazing. And, and where can people sign up for that Brit or where can they find some more information about it?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, so if you head on over to Instagram, you can find me at mindfully underscore being underscore well. <laughs> it's a bit long. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a link to register in my bio. Um, or you can find uh, Flory, uh, who's my partner in the event, at the dot rested
0: revolution. Amazing. We'll put it in our notes as well, um, a link to your Instagram so people can find Mindfully yeah. Being Well and a link to the event as well. Yeah. So Thanks. I think uh, that probably wraps up
1: our conversation for tonight. Well, thank you so, so much, Britt. It's been an absolute joy to talk to and it's been such an interesting conversation um so I really really enjoyed it and I really appreciate the the time that you that you spent chatting with us as well
0: yeah thank you so much for coming on I feel like after this conversation I'll get so many more questions that I wish I'd picked your brain for um but another time we can have you on again yeah (laughs) Uh, I also would love to get um a list of all the books that you recommended I think you've recommended a couple that we can maybe list for people as recommendations yeah. as well for reading and even for myself I, I'm like oh I need to yeah, get all these
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I'd love to share those there's a few more too that I can add to the list and I, Amazing. I just thank you so much I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk more with you and to be on your podcast just so exciting and so I'm just I'm just very full of gratitude as well. So thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Britt.
1: <laughs> and that was Britt from Mindfully Being Well, and I think that was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed chatting with Britt. Um, I feel like we learned so much. Just I thought she was so real about meditation and just what it is for her and I think that uh, there's a lot of different uh misconceptions and a lot of different definitions about meditation um as well so I think Brit's definition of it just kind of being more focused on the moment and aware of your thoughts was was a really good one and a good reminder that we're all human we all have thoughts we don't all have sunshine and rainbows all the time and it's not always like positive and i think that's a really important thing as well meditation i guess shouldn't be about trying to get rid of those thoughts but it's just about um i guess focusing your mind a little bit more and just becoming aware when when those thoughts rise up
0: yeah i loved how she made meditation just not so intimidating i know people who practice it kind of might think it's not intimidating what do you mean but you know there are a lot of people out there who think, oh, meditation—that's for it's for yeah. hippies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever—and it's just it's totally not that. And I really hope that um we were able to help portray that too yeah. with Brit, but um just that it is for everybody and it's accessible, as she yeah. said, she, like that's mindfully being well. She wants to have that sense of community, um, at, like no matter where you you are, even. Brits at herself, you know, there's no real like physical locations of yoga yoga studios, even not with COVID in her area. So I really love that that mm, was her big yeah. why behind um creating mindfully being well. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of
1: people are in a similar situation as well. I mean, people who maybe don't live in big towns or cities and they find themselves kind of lacking that community. So I think what she's doing with mindfully being well is really good like making it accessible for everybody and you know we've both actually been to her her classes as well and i can definitely say that they aren't intimidating and they're definitely suitable for people who maybe have never tried meditation before so yeah we're gonna pop her um instagram handle uh into the show notes as well so you can go and check out her website as well to learn a little bit more about that
0: yeah, we're also going to put in there, we asked uh, Britt to let us know the names of all of the, the books that she recommended in the podcast as well. So there's some really good reads that I want to yeah, kind of definitely. start reading there too. And so just that's a bit of a resource from her.
1: Yeah, and um, she also mentioned her uh, workshop with the Rest of Revolution that's coming up at the end of the month on the 29th of July. So we'll put the link for that into the show notes as well if you want to go and check it out um, it's called Rest and Realign I think it's a one and a half hour mm-hmm. workshop so it sounds like it's going to be really good so yeah if you're interested we'll we'll put all those details into the show notes
0: yeah and thank you again for listening uh, tune in next Thursday for episode 4 another big milestone episode another <laughs> one I know Um, yeah so do all the things the like subscribe review yeah and make sure you practice those healthy habits every day oh yeah yeah definitely stay in bed an extra minute yeah
1: for sure i'm definitely trying that one out okay well thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye